0: An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey there, my name is Ricky
1: Smith and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random X a Podcast, on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. Hail, cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Great, Josh. What do you want to talk about
0: today? You want to talk about <laughs> fantasy Premier League? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. So... um it's getting closer, man. I'm looking through my social media feeds and I'm seeing more and more images of Premier League teams and like full team training. And I'm seeing all my scrimmages. Yeah. My favorite friends are, are back and with, with smiling faces, kicking the football around. So I'm getting super excited. And we're here to do like a classic always cheating team by team review. 20 teams mm-hmm. in less than five hours. I know we can do it.
1: Yeah. I like favorite friends, by the way. For, to me, it's purely transactional, Brandon. Right? I like these people <laughs> for what they can do for me as a fantasy manager. You know, it's really it's and that's and, you know, I'm a paying fan. That's you know, that's this is this is the deal that we've struck with that. Yeah, you know, so it yeah. seems. Uh, that, so, yeah, we're going to check in on all 20 teams. Uh, we're going to go. Uh, usually we do this alphabetically. We often do uh, our friend Tom Campbell, who is a. Uh, um recently just purchased some items brandon from the always cheating shop so okay. yeah, he gets a special bonus shout out at the top of this <laughs> Thanks, uh, podcast uh i know this is one of his favorite podcasts that we do we do a couple of these a year which is sort of a check-in on all 20 teams where are they uh it feels even more important now because it's been a there's a three-month gap uh we're not mm-hmm. doing a mid this is not a um mid-season performance uh management uh review or whatever this is a uh, <laughs> uh who's still on this team what do they cost um, I, you know, I think I, I actually think this is a podcast that even if you're not a fantasy manager, might have some, uh, some interesting elements to it because I there were things that I had just completely forgotten about. I mean, um, you know, players who've been injured for ages, you know, people like John McGinn or uh, David Brooks, Brandon the. The uh, the Bournemouth legend uh, David, he's Bruggs, back, baby. David. Uh, he yeah, he's back. Uh, they're kind of everyone's back, basically, mm-hmm. uh, outside of Tom Heaton and a couple of others. So uh, we're going to talk about who's back. We're going to talk about players that um, we would uh, both, you know, we consider targeting or um, look at bringing into our team. We're going to look at fixtures. Um, it's going to be just a really comprehensive review of all twenty teams. A great primer if you're looking to just get back into what just happened over the last three months what's coming up um it's gonna be crazy i mean the season starts in the middle of june and Will be done by the end of July. Uh, that is insane. Nine fixtures in six weeks is going to be insane, uh, and somehow an FA Cup too. I feel like it came in a little negative in the FA Cup last week. Brandon, I <laughs> okay. I like the FA Cup. It's it's fine, you know. But it's it's. <laughs> the I think FA it's a little. On the phone
0: and uh, and uh, talk to you about this. It sounds like what money sounds like the, money was put on the squeeze,
1: table. If you're trying to fit nine fixtures into six weeks, and then how are you going to squeeze an FA Cup in there? I feel like just wait until the end of July and then Mm -hmm. get all eight teams to Wembley and do a round Robin over three days or something like that, you know, do it like an NCAA basketball tournament uh, style competition. So anyway, uh, so that is what's going to happen in this week's podcast. And so it's, it, it, this tends to be a longer podcast for us. And so we're going to, uh, you know, be pretty, pretty light in the intro here. Uh, There was a question, Brandon, from Sam Rossiter. He says, uh, he says, you know, this is a, a question that a lot of people who are just getting back into sports podcasts right the sports podcasts like ours and everybody else's have been dipping into the nostalgia well uh uh-huh. pretty heavily the last few months and so now and which of course just means like a lot of people have just stop listening um yeah. because you know it's uh <laughs> there's nothing new you know I've again noticed. it's transaction <laughs> it's transactional you know yeah, yeah you yeah. you give me the content and we pay and sometimes we support you on patreon uh and so and, and you know the bigger issue too is a lot of people are like myself and you are working from home and don't have a commute Um, so Sam Rossiter said, how do you listen when you don't have a commute? So Brandon, how are you listening to podcasts right now?
0: Yeah, it's tricky. I I totally identify with what Sam's saying because the bulk of my podcast listening happens when I am on the subway going to and from the office and I'm on the train for 40 minutes or or thereabouts, And that's, that's Mm -hmm. a great way to, to, to bang out a a pod on what happened in the premier league or the football league that weekend. So what I've been trying to do while working from home is just taking 30 minutes here or there is effectively a break. And I move 10 feet from the desk where I sit and punch on my laptop to a chair, a comfortable chair. And mm-hmm. I put on a podcast and I just poke around on my phone and you know, that, that, that works in drips, but it, I'm still not consuming podcasts at the same rate that I was before. And even, even still sports, Podcasts are really tough because right now there's so much news in the world and important news. Mm -hmm. So I'm like gravitating to the newsier podcast at the moment. So I'm kind of like woefully um, out of touch with a lot of what's going on in the world of sports beyond what research I do for always cheating.
1: Yeah, I, I for me it's uh yeah cleaning I like I will even like it actually helps me clean more uh just because I'm like well this is like one way I can listen to podcasts. I mean it used to be that I, I listened to so many podcasts that it was like hard to um I would run out you know I would run out of content to listen to <laughs> even though there was like a billion content podcasts out there because I you know our 45 50 minute commute in 40, 50 minutes back. I often go for like a 40 minute walk on my lunch break. Uh, and so that's like three pods a day, like 15 yeah. pods a week that I've just cut uh, and so, uh, yeah, we got an exercise bike and so I've been doing that a little bit too. Um, but you know, I don't know. I mean, I also think like that you have to get used to just like half listening to podcasts again. <laughs> like it's, you know, I have what I haven't mm-hmm. been doing, which I do at work all the time, especially cause I have an open office plan is I would just listen to podcasts and I would just sort of half listen, um, mm-hmm. just to drown out the noise of everyone around me. So I think, uh, I, but I, I think that, you know, I'm going to try to get back on the habit of just listening to podcasts from work, which it's, it's been mostly music. And I think, uh, I can get back to, um, You know, just like, you know, especially stuff like, you know, football weekly or totally football show where, you know, you're kind of listening to like four of the same podcasts, you know, just like slightly different perspectives. And I think for those, uh, I think those are going to become work time, like, you know, Tuesday morning listens uh, moving forward.
0: Yeah, I have like two different work modes when I'm at the desk. And if I am like writing prose if i'm writing actual communication or writing some copy i need to focus and then i can listen to music but then there are the rare times where i'm just doing data entry or some rote task and that's when i can plug
1: in the the podcast and so so that's awesome excel was made for for podcasts it really was (laughs) our podcasts were made for excel one or the other Um, all right so as i said we're jumping right into the pod here uh, quick thank you to um, – we had a new patron this week, a new Mbukani patron, James Watson. Thank you to James Watson. And, Brandon, uh, Patreon is up and going. You and I did a Patreon-exclusive podcast last week. Mm-hmm. We're planning to do another one this yeah. week. Uh, we have um, a weekly contest that we're going to be doing too. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, right. So in addition to the
0: exclusive uh, ad-free podcast that you get through the Patreon feed once a week, and that's the, those are cool because – you know during the regular season, they come much closer to the game week deadline, and we have a, a lot more information than we did earlier in the week. but yeah, in addition, we have contest 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 there are uh nine game weeks to go to finish out the season, and we are going to do nine prizes so whoever is in our patreon supporters league, the top game week score each game week is going to get their pick from something in the always cheating shop, whether it 's a mug or a t shirt or the hoodie. So if you want to get involved and increase your chances of getting that cool swag, just sign up at Patreon. We'll immediately send you over the link to join our Patreon supporters. Lee, um, you'll get access to our Slack and all that other cool stuff. So just
1: go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Bonus podcast, access to the Slack, access to our private leagues, access to a weekly giveaway. There you go. All right, Brandon, let's take a quick break. We'll get right back into our 20 team Midsummer review. Midsummer is like a horror film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Barton, we're back. 20 teams, one podcast. Here we go. It's our early. I said midsummer before. I guess we're you know it's it's early summer. Thank goodness, Brandon. Thank goodness it's early summer. We're all. It's getting hot out uh, there though, Josh. It's it is getting hot out there. It's weird to be home for it. I feel like I, I feel the weather so much more than I do when I'm just commuting <sighs> yeah. and you know working in Manhattan midtown office. Uh, all right, so we're starting with a uh, table order this time. Uh, with uh, from starting with Liverpool going down to Norwich, uh, and uh, you know it's be pretty fantasy focused, but um, I think it's useful just to sort of see where we are with everybody. So, um, I have a a few key things that I'm, that I, you and I split this up. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so top performers, injury updates, their fixture run in, and then any questions and concerns of things I'm going to be talking about. So, uh, with my teams, uh, so Liverpool start things off with, uh, their top performers, you know, you could say they need no introduction, but let's just let's just talk about him for a minute anyway. Remind me. Um, we have, yeah, we have Trent Alexander Arnold. I had forgotten. I, I'd forgotten everything, Brandon. I'd forgotten what everybody cost. <laughs> I forgot uh, how they. I knew who had done well, but I couldn't remember how well they'd done in some cases. And uh, uh, Trent was one who surprised me. I couldn't believe how expensive he was at seven point eight million. Um, I forgot that he had fourteen assists on the season. Like he is, he's a chance to. He himself could break the Premier League record for. <laughs> Four yeah. assists in a season, I think it's nineteen as the Henri record. One that K, uh, KDB is also um, challenging. Um, you have the Sala-Mane, um duo, uh, mm-hmm. the the double header duo. Very very expensive, uh, very consistent. Almost identical returns too. Um, Salah with sixteen goals, six assists. Uh, Mane with uh, fourteen goals, but nine assists. Um, they have never been great at exactly the same time. And um, in some ways, the story of the season was um, that we all didn't just treat them like long-term blue chip stocks, you know, and yes. just like, and just not care about the money and just have both of them and just write it out, you know, just write out all the swings the rest of the season. And, um, you know, I think that um, if you're, um, you know, if, if you're free hit shipping and, uh, early on, or if we, you know, if we end up getting, um, you know, a wild card or unlimited transfers to start off the season, um, I, I would, I'm very much inclined to just, to just adopt that strategy and just treat them like, um, you know, just like, like they're the two players that I'm going to want for these final nine fixtures. And so I'm just going to deal with some rotation risk. Um, and uh, I'll talk more about Sol- Solomon in a second. Uh, then you have um, Virgil van Dijk is incredibly consistent a player. I would absolutely target as well. Um very expensive, but um, I, I don't think he's missed a Premier League match in a season and a half. I don't think he missed a single one last season.
0: Yeah, he's from that like John Terry school of Premier League central defenders, where it's like all about perfect attendance and <laughs> right. central defenders. Um, like a, you need them on the pitch at all times because they're usually the most vocal leaders and they provide that level of organization that makes the defense actually like be work. And and also yep. he's just like, he's that good and that fit that he's able to do that. So I, I think the question I have for you, if we're just talking about defenders is you mentioned Virgil van Dyke straight into your team when FPL restarts, where does that leave Trent Alexander Arnold? Because he's just like, Trent is prolific. How can you right. justify Going for VVD over Trent, it's just a money thing, I would assume. Is are you arguing? Would you yeah. argue it's also a rotation thing?
1: Well, I was thinking it was a rotation thing, and um, and actually, I, I guess what I've said is sort of contradictory because I'm basically advocating for four players uh, <laughs> when you can only have three for one team. Because Tremendous. yeah, and I guess, and I guess this is why it's always been so tricky to have Salah and Mane, is because it's tempting to, to have two defenders uh, from Liverpool, yeah. and they were in an incredible run of clean sheets. Uh, down the stretch really starting in late winter and heading into the spring um yeah i guess trent is trying to actually you know the thing that's interesting about van dyke is yeah i don't think i mean i i would suspect he probably starts eight out of nine of these matches um the center back position in general i think there is a little bit of rotation risk possible um there's been a lot of they actually have a, a pretty healthy number of center backs in their team, and a lot of them have been uh, nursing injuries at various times. But uh, at the moment, Van Dyke, uh, Gomez, Joel Matip, and Dejan Leverne are all healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is five. Was it one, two? Yeah. No, that's four center backs. Uh, it's four center backs. Um, and I think they're all going to get used. I just you know uh but i think that center, that second center back spot is going to be really tricky now gomez could play a little bit of right back as well uh when trent needs to get spelled I, I you know the the rotation stuff is is really hard to predict um we've just never seen um this many matches with almost no break you know it's basically two matches a week for 6 weeks and these players have also not played uh for 3 months and so it's not going to be um it's not going to be pretty you know, I mean, there are going to be times when you're going to go into a game week and because of rotation, you're going to have like nine players, you know, and that's just that's just something that's going to happen. And there's going to be very little you can do about it. And so I think like mentally, you must have just like prepare yourself for this. Like, do not treat this like it's game week eight or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to treat this like the the unusual start, you know, the unusual resumption of a, of a very unusual season in an unusual year.
2: Um, <laughs> it's like a lemony know?
1: snicket so, novel. Yeah. So um injury updates, uh Sala, rabo and Adrian uh per Ben Dinnery are all nursing uh, minor knocks. Um and not uh, Adrian, players. tell me it's not so. I, yeah, yeah. So rabo I mean, you know, I think rabo is just sort of um he just falls down the pecking order a little bit because he's pretty expensive too, but he's not as good a fantasy asset as as Trent. Um, and then you know the big question um, that that is really hard to answer is Salah versus Mane. And I mean, I, you know, if you had to, you know, gun to your head, pick one of those two, um, who are you picking going into the restart, Brandon? Mo Salah.
0: Um, and I don't know if that's just sort of an in- inherent bias that I have, but... Um, I mean, I think the reason why he's been able to to keep pace with Mane in goals this season is because Salah does have pens. And I think that that's kind of a, an unfair comparison for Mane because he's he's scoring these 14 goals without access to the penalty spot. Um, right. But that said, that just makes Salah that much more appealing, his ability to be on set pieces and, and pens in ways that Mane isn't. So yeah. that's, that's 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 true the lead that- for him.
1: The set pieces are are significant too. I mean, uh, he and he and Trent uh, seem to be taking virtually all of them uh, at this point, and uh, you know certainly anything that's on the right side of the pitch. Um, but they also tend to do that thing where they'll they'll roll the ball like a foot and a half, you know, mm-hmm. like one will do it for the other <laughs> one. And so those are just great cheap ways to accrue fantasy points right there. You know, just yeah. like getting one of those, uh getting like a cheapy assist. I think I got one of those earlier this season. I think it was a way to Chelsea, uh, from Mosala in a match. So yeah, it's um I think I'm with you there. Um, I guess this minor knock is the one thing to, you know, a knock. I mean, who even knows, right? It's like, you know, it could just be that his ankle felt a twinge or something. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it could be shades of uh, the start of the season, you know, where um, uh, Mane, I guess it was actually the reverse. I think Mane was the one who everyone was sort of targeting because uh, mm-hmm. he was a million cheaper than Salah. And then it was... Uh, um, and so then Salah was good. And then, you know, it was, it was a whole. It, it, it's been a mess. That was the, I think if there was one start <laughs> of the season, it was the unpredictability of the Salah Mane situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's move. Uh, yeah. So that, that's Liverpool. I mean, you know, I don't think we need to go too long on Liverpool because um, almost everyone's going to have two or three players from their team. Their fixtures are fine. Uh, I They're not great. They're not terrible i mean a way to everton in game week 30 would be tricky but it's an empty stadium um so i you know it it feels like that's going to lessen some of the derby implications uh way to man city in game week 32 that's that's a really tricky fixture i think the rest of them are basically fine a lot of good home matches home to palace home to villa home to burnley uh in uh, three of the first six
0: all right let's move on to manchester city uh, and the, the big story with Manchester city is that they open this up with the double game week, uh, are home hosting for whatever that means in an empty stadium. And I think we saw, we've, we've talked about this with the Bundesliga where it's kind of really unclear what playing in your home stadium means as far as an advantage. We've seen lots of results for away sides in this, uh, fan free Bundesliga. So anyways, Arsenal mm-hmm. and Burnley in game week 39 for Manchester city. My big question here is what do these guys have to play for? They're sitting at 12 points clear of fifth place. There's re- no real danger of them falling out of the Champions League positions, but there's yep. no possibility of them catching Liverpool. The one thing that they do have on the line, though, is still the FA Cup. So they're playing Newcastle in that game week 41 window.
1: So I think you <laughs> and I have to decide. We're going to have to decide if we're going to actually use these 39 40 41 i I guess it'll depend on what the game does itself i find it incredibly confusing to like (laughs) okay someone to be like what's your plan for game week 47 or whatever Mm Like, yeah uh and it's and the only reason we've been doing this is because they couldn't stop the season right like the premier league itself is looking at this as game week 30 right like they're not looking at this as game week 39 it's just it's just a fantasy thing so um i don't know i feel like uh the the Bundesliga just did it as like this like it has resumed it, you know, with game week, whatever it was mm-hmm. for them, 27 or something. Um, and so um, I feel like, well, I, I guess we'll take our, our our cue from the game. But it, I was just going to note that it is kind of weird. So will see like game week 41, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. listed there.
0: Totally. Yeah. Cue from the game, whenever that may be. So the concern will remain consistent with City and its rotation. I think there's just going to be a ton of funky lineups with this squad, especially with the fa cup in there and all of these matches coupled with the fact that some of our old friends are back Mm -hmm. notably leroy sane um who has been pictured heavily in full team training and that's kind of exciting from an fpl point of view because um particularly sterling not performing for city we have missed a, a a pacey winger character producing fpl points yeah i just think there's just such a huge pool of players now healthy for pep to draw upon that these lineups are going to get super super funky so i've got a list in my head of players to focus on that i think will probably be how to, like the safest option i mean kdb would top that list he uh-huh. missed the Manchester Derby uh, due to injury, but, you know, there he is back in training, and he is definitely, Winfit, fit, the workhorse of the city midfield. Yeah. And he has, like, gone up a level with FPL returns this season. So KDB remains in my team, definitely, I think, to start the season. And then the age-old question of strikers, Aguero versus Jesus. And yeah. there was a bit of a gold drought for... Uh, Aguero scoreless in four matches heading into the stoppage. Now I'll say just right here, I'll talk a little bit about the form of some players throughout this podcast, fully acknowledging that form is um, useless with having three months off, no training of any kind, not really much of a preseason heading into this uh, new leg of the season. But I just think it's yeah. interesting to note how these players sort of fit into the pecking order of the of the squads and and, um where they kind of left things last.
1: I was I was gonna ask you about that because I feel like that's really especially in the case of Man City, the form question is is interesting. I think I think I'm with you. I think it is kind of worthless. Uh but it is hard not to look at someone like Raheem Sterling who I know you're just about to get to, um, and and wonder whether um it matters that he was basically like cooked, you know, um as of you know December or whatever. Yeah. Right. So before
0: we talk about the midfielders, just last on the strikers, tell me if you agree with this. I think Aguero will continue to be the preferred striker. And when it comes Mm -hmm. to Jesus, I do wonder how Jesus will benefit from the five in-game substitutions. There will be more opportunities for Pep to get Jesus onto the pitch. Um, Yeah. Maybe that's at Aguero's expense or maybe it's just only on the plus side for Jesus. So it kind of remains to be seen, A, what Jesus is going to look like coming back and how much, how many minutes he's getting based on this new five engaged substitution rule and the
1: rotation that Pep's going for. That is interesting. Yeah. Like, is he, I mean, 9.6 million is not super expensive. It's, 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 you know, reasonably affordable. Um, you know, anything under 10 million for a player and a team is attacking as man city, um, is, you know, is an okay price. And so, yeah, I mean, is he worth it as a super sub, you know, mm-hmm. like, which is what he'll end up being a lot. I, I don't know. I mean, possibly, um, it sort of depends. I mean, I feel like as we talk about this, I'm like, yeah, you're going to want Trent, you're going to want Sala, you're going to want money. You're going to want KDB. You're going to want to like you know, it's like at some point you are going to run out of money. And so, um, <laughs> I think that, you know, the, the forward position at Man City, I think is a really trick one, especially because they have this double game week, uh, to start things off, you know? And I think, I mean, it's going to be hard not to have three of their players going into, yeah, going into this game week. Um, so anyway, go back to, uh, uh
0: yeah, you know, I please. I think for me, I think the way I'm looking at it right now is that KDB and Aguero are coming into my squad, like definitely yeah. to start Jesus is a wait and see. Then there's, the midfield sterling you know we you know we don't need to belabor this but like he's just kind of been out of whack now there were some very compelling videos on the city's instagram with of sterling looking very very hot to trot in training in the last couple of days so it's it's kind of like is it a clean slate for raheem where he gets to kind of return to form but that said 11.7 million for sterling yeah it's a lot it's 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 insane um but for me, yeah, the, the upshot is Sane at 9.3. You know, he's kind of a cheaper version of Sadio Mane. And I would love to see him come into the first couple of matches, do something, and then really challenge us as FPL managers of how we're going to deal with the Sane problem. I just, you know, I, I've i always loved watching yeah. Sane play when he is in form.
1: You know, the one question I don't know about, um, especially at the, le- the level these these people are playing at is, I mean, Leroy Asani has not played a competitive football match in like a full 12 months, right? Mm-hmm. Um how I mean that has to be a factor, doesn't it? I mean that like there's I don't know like I mean like you, you know, I I know it's been 3 months for some of these other players which is a lot too, but it feels like that extra 9 months, I feel like you you, you know, it's going to take a, and that's, that's a more serious injury of course too. It's not like uh, he was just like um hanging out, you know, working out at the gym for 3 months or whatever. Yeah. Um you know, he's so like It's hard for me to imagine that he's going to get real minutes. I mean, I agree with you. I think it's 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 really tempting or or interesting at least to monitor, but um, I just can't see it.
0: Yeah, fitness is one thing, and match fitness is a total other thing. So you know the prospect of Sane playing ninety minutes seems totally impossible. But then you think um, all of these players are going to lack match fitness. So you put a player like Sane in at you know the sixtieth minute, and what kind of Mm -hmm. damage can he do? And then he kind he kind of morphs into the. The whole Riyad Mahrez conundrum that we always deal with of like, well, he's going to start 50% of the time. It might still be worth it. I don't know. Um, Yeah. But in interest, I was looking at Mahrez's stats and he has scored seven goals this season. The only goal that he he's only scored one goal when he's come on as a sub. He's only scoring when he starts. Um, yeah, which is I don't really don't know what to make heads or tails of that. So yeah, I think KDB and Agüero would be the the stars to shine when we restart. Then it's like, all right, do we actually need a defender? And this is where I, I've got no idea um, right. who's going to play. You've got the the you know Walker and Odamindy sort of lead the FPL point getters in City's defense, but you know I don't I don't know that I really want them on no. my side. And Laporte, he's super expensive at six point three. What yeah. kind of uh, shape is he in himself?
1: Dealing with yeah. injuries, he had now he had come back right from injury. If he had played a, had he actually played a match for them? Yeah, um, and then he he the got re
0: injured in the uh, in the League Cup final against Villa, I believe, okay. um, or okay. some match around that time, and uh, they kind of just sent him back to the medics, and we didn't see him in the Manchester mm. Derby. So, still okay. some worries about what kind of shape he's going to be in, or if they'd even. Again, like would you risk a player like Laporte who City have suffered in defense all season because they have missed Laporte? You've got nothing to play for the rest of the season. Why even play Laporte? (laughs) Just get him fit and then go Hmm. for broke when we start the next season. So there could be that kind of logic. Just lastly, I would say about uh, City's fixtures, um, Arsenal, Burnley, Chelsea, Liverpool to start like a little dicey, but then it's like an explosion of good fixtures with Southampton, yeah. Council, Brighton, Board. So it, they're going to finish pretty strong, I would suspect.
1: Yeah, and, you know, in some ways having those difficult ones at the start is kind of um, a plus because um, it means they're going to have to start some of their top players in those matches. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. The, there may be a little bit of benefit there as well, you know, that like it just sort of means – I mean, we're all going to have to load up on Man City players if they start off the season with a double game week, um, and so I think that this at least means you're probably safe through the first like four weeks or so um, through that Liverpool match with that without without seeing too much rotation, um, and then I think maybe done, that like the, the second half of that of the of the restart, I think that's when you could start to see it really heavily, right? Because they'll. Have already played Liverpool, they really want everything to play for then. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there may be like an FA Cup final that they're getting ready for too down the stretch. I mean, they played Norwich at home in game week 38. That could be like uh clear out the 17 year olds, you know, and just like play nobody. Um, you know, that final game week of the season. it's so Foden's team it now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe he'll finally uh you know get a consecutive starts. Um, all right, so let's move on to Leicester. Uh, you know, great story this season. Fantasy wise, you know, there haven't actually been a ton of players. Um, you have Jamie Vardy, who's been awesome. Uh, under ten million. You know, when you think about it, it's actually amazing that he wasn't even more widely owned most of the season. Uh, yeah. nine point seven million price, nineteen goals, six assists in the season. You and I saw two of those goals uh, in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the uh, that Aston Villa match. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you again to our friend Paul Parsons for helping us out with that. Um, Thank you, 19 goals, 19 goals, six assists, um, and, uh, you know, just played on fire all, you know, the entire season. His foreman actually dipped a little bit, um, you know, before before he had that brace, Uh, but he's actually one of those players that I think is um, kind of perfect for a restart like this, you know? I mean, um, he's just like, he never loses his legs, Um, absolute locked into that team, right? Another one of those players who, I would think would start eight of the eight of these nine matches. You know, this is not a, uh, this is not a, um, Aguero Jesus situation. Like you were talking about, this is like, you know, and they're also playing for the champions. League. I mean, they have their real stakes for this team. Yeah. Um, and, the the player that I think is sort of interesting from a fantasy perspective is uh James Justin. So uh Ricardo Pereira is out for the season. I think he's out for the entire summer, uh, with a knee injury. And so James Justin, who actually played in the match that you you and I saw, um, is available as a four point seven million fullback replacement. Uh, and given what their fullbacks are allowed to do uh <laughs> under under Brend Rogers, you know, mm-hmm. I think I think he is really interesting. And again, if the, you know, if we start off the season with, um, you know, with, with multiple transfers, uh, you know, two or more uh i think that uh, james justin is a really interesting player to target um it's also pretty good um really honestly the, the the their whole run to end the season is pretty strong um watford brighton palace you know way to everton i mean that probably the most difficult match in their final nine fixtures is the way to arsenal um and that certainly wouldn't be uh, an issue as far as vardy is concerned um so uh i think the you know the the Thing that we've been trying to solve all season um, is what to do with the Leicester midfielders. Mm-hmm. And uh it just reviewing it again, because again, you sort of forget it's, it's an interesting perspective now. It's like you sort of once three months are away, like your your hot, hot and cold feeling about some of these players is like it goes away a little bit, you know, and you're just looking at their production, and it's kind of remarkable. Like Madison, Barnes, and Perez basically all have the same production on the season. Mm-hmm. Um and like, if you look at it, like they're all within like five points of each other and it and doesn't that, feel what, that way. Yeah.
0: R- right. And that's what kills us as fantasy managers. Cause the whole game is you would have played it perfectly. If you had Madison during his productive period, Barnes during his productive period and Paris <laughs> during his productive right. period. And that's just like so hard to do. So yeah, doing what you're yeah. talking about, like with the hindsight is like, at least you're forgetting the emotional times in which, you know, I had Barnes, you had Perez. It went this way, it went yeah. that way. Um, totally. So now we can just look at it with with cold, with cold
1: distance. What's interesting about Madison, too, is it feels like he never really had a great run. Um, I, I guess he actually did. I guess it was right around, like, game weeks. I'm looking now at game weeks 10 through 16 or so. Um, but he's been kind of awful since then. Um, mm-hmm. Game weeks uh, 17 through 29. Um so that's what is that 13 weeks he had one goal and zero assist across those 13 weeks Mm -hmm. uh which is I mean consider that he's on like every single set piece he's on penalties when 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 Vardy isn't on the pitch um it's just wild that he wouldn't have uh more attacking (laughs) returns I feel uh, like Madison is one of
0: these players who's he's just really struggling with his identity at the moment and I think the, the clearest point of comparison is Jack Grealish and Grealish uh he just seems to know what kind of player he is um yeah and madison just not quite there he has he clearly has all these
1: talents but he just hasn't yeah. fully formulated what kind of player he's meant to be i agree and it's funny because those guys both have overly elaborate haircuts uh but somehow <laughs> uh-huh. Grealish has figured it out a little bit yeah but i feel like madison is like he'll like you know you see a clip of him like flexing next to a Corvette or something like that. And you're like, is this, this is Ma- like James Madison? Like, this isn't, you know, it's like, it's like he thinks he's like a, I don't even know, like a Raheem Sterling type or something, you know, like mm-hmm. he's like some kind of like superstar and mm-hmm. uh, like a superstar attacking midfielder or something. But, um, I don't know. It's just like I I agree with you. I think the identity thing is is his is his problem right now and um it's like I just want him to be Dimitri Payet, you know. I just want him to be like <laughs> yes. you know, like key passes, um badass on on free kicks. Um even the free kick mojo has le- you know, has left him a little bit. Yeah. So, um yeah, I think uh, the only other player in Leicester I'll note is um, is Soyeon Chu, who uh, many of us have already. And uh, you know, I mean, his ownership actually it's gotten down to fifteen point nine percent. I think that uh, it's fine to keep him, uh, but I think uh, I think Justin is really interesting at point two million cheaper, and I think he's probably more likely to get attacking returns too. Um, you know, really highly regarded young player. So um, yeah, that James Justin is my little. Um, that's like that's a little. He gets like the. He's my star player for this section, Brandon, okay? I'm getting him a little okay. star. I think, he, I think he could be a player we're all talking about in a couple weeks. Well, so
0: just like on Barnes and Perez, did your thinking come out with one of those two players for an alternate in the last midfield, or it's yeah. just kind of a wait and see?
1: I, I think my feeling is avoid all three of them. You know, yeah. uh, they're not – I mean, Madison is too expensive considering that he has the same returns as two players who are a million cheaper than him. Um, in some ways, he's the one you'd want the most because he's – on everything you know and so it's just like he's gonna get points by accident um yeah. or just you know someone's gonna make a play off of a set piece that you know yeah. a corner kick that he sends in or whatever um but yeah i think i would just avoid all three of them you know i mean harvey barnes had an amazing moment in the match that you and i saw but that's three months ago i you know i just don't think it's uh, relevant anymore
0: yeah all right let's move down the table to fourth place and chelsea so Chelsea kick things off with Aston Villa, and then they've got a tough match hosting Manchester City. What do they have to play for? Well, they're in fourth place, and they're just three points clear of Manchester United, who are kind of surging, and they all have a lot of players back. Uh, and They're going to challenge Chelsea every step of the way for this Champions League spot. So I think there's a lot of pressure on this Chelsea squad. Plus, they're still in the FA Cup. Now, if I had to guess, I'd say the FA Cup will be lower down the list of priorities, Lampard would definitely want to deliver champions league football to this club before an FA cup is as cool as that would be. So, um, I, I do think that the stronger lineups will be geared toward league play. So the FA cup involvement doesn't totally spook me. So, Yeah, If you look at the fixtures, there are some decent attacking fixtures for the run-in. So maybe we could just focus on their attacking assets. Like I said, it's Villa, and then after the City match, they've got West Ham, followed by Watford, and then it's uh, Norwich uh, later on. So I expect some of these assets to be scoring some goals. Now, Tammy Abraham, uh, he's at 7.5. I kind of like this price still for Tammy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, given that he's uh, presumably back from his hip injury, he was a part of that scrimmage that you mentioned at the start of the the yeah. pod. Um, you just kind of, just, I feel at, at that for at that price at seven point five, I do want to see him do something uh, against Villa in order to justify something like that because there's a ton of competition in this price bracket for forwards. You're talking about yeah. Jimenez, Ings. I mean, even somebody like Pookie, who could operate as a, as a somewhat cheaper differential at 6.5. I'm going to talk about Calvert, Calvert-Lewin in a little bit. Um, yep. So there's competition out there. And I just think Tammy's got to earn this spot back in our, in our squads.
1: Yeah, I forgot how cheap he was. Another player whose price I just completely forgot. Uh, he also could be in the shop window a little bit. Um, uh, Chelsea just uh, spent a fortune on Timo Werner, um, kind of to the surprise of many. Um, a lot of people thought that he was uh, making his way to, um, Liverpool. to Liverpool. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, for Werner to join, um, that, now, Werner can play with a, not that, you know, we don't need to get on the Werner thing too much. We can save that for our game week. Our, our our 2020 2021 season preview but um i think werner is um probably going to uh immediately slot in as the tammy replacement i think that um they could play together but i i'm not sure that would happen. I'm not sure that that's what Lampard has in mind. And so it could be that Abraham is actually gets moved. Um, I don't know if that's a move that happens this summer, but if they spent a fortune on Werner, they yeah. may actually need to recoup that by by moving Abraham on. Apparently, um, Olivier Giroud just signed a contract extension, too, which I'm kind of shocked by considering how much he was complaining about not getting he, enough minutes.
0: He must love London. He must absolutely love it there. But I, 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 yeah. I totally agree. I think it could not have worked out better for Chelsea and that Abraham has had a pretty good season and they've probably increased his value like more than they could have anticipated. So they could sell him on at a, a pretty decent price. Uh, and yeah, there's there's no way that he plays with Timo Werner, I don't think. So yeah, Abraham, I think he, he's just sort of a uh, um, pin him to your dream board for a later date. And then you get to the <laughs> Chelsea midfield, which is just like, it's a cluster of very versatile uh, players at compelling price tags who you're just yeah. kind of like, slightly unsure about it's very lestery
1: isn't it it's kind of the same thing
0: yeah you're right you're right it is lestery you've got mounts and pulisic is back then pulisic um i don't know if i'm just seeing this through american eyes but He was very active with the keepy uppies on his Instagram during the shelter in Mm -hmm. place. He was just juggling all over the place. Um, (laughs) Lest we forget, like he had a a spot of of incredible form. So, you know, he has the ability to get Frank's trust and to actually do something for FPL returns. And then there's William who, you know, he is like forever, never meeting his FPL potential. I'm not not too bothered by him. But the exciting return after three months, I think, is Ruben Loftus-Cheek and his price is now at six point three. And if he is back to health and, you know, we're talking about this with regard to Sane, like there is health and then there is match fitness. Uh, So it's it's Mm -hmm. hard to say if Loftus-Cheek will ever get a start over the course of these nine weeks where he just kind of comes in to make an impact late in the game. But um, I think he is a player that will continue to grow in stature and uh, just one to flag.
1: You and I were talking about him just a while ago, and I think it was uh, we were. I was saying that he was, you know, of the eight matches that you and I have seen in London or seven matches. um, Weirdly enough, Ruben Loftus Cheek was the one player whose physicality stood up more than any other. I was like, oh my god, like that guy is gigantic um, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously hugely regarded, but yeah, a little a little snake bit in terms of injuries the last, uh, yeah. uh, last couple of years, three years or so.
0: So last guy we need to talk about with Chelsea is the man, the myth, the hair, Marcus Alonso, who mm-hmm. found a bit of form uh, before the, uh, for, before the stoppage. And at 6.2, three goals and one clean sheet in the last three matches, You're looking like eight points, 16.6 points. So here is the challenge. Like, how far are you willing to go with Chelsea? How much money do you want to spend? You've uh, you, you you've been talking about the um, value of a central defender or a, a defender that's nailed on, that's always going to start, and that's Azpilicueta for Chelsea all day, every day. And yeah. he's out there grinding and training right now. But he's still 5.9, and if I can upgrade with 0.3 more to Alonso...
1: Um that kind of sounds fun to me yeah yeah i i you know I just i mean looking at the next three game weeks for them, I don't see a clean sheet to any of those three um I bet they concede away to Aston Villa, I'm certain they concede at home to man city uh and i I suspect they would away to Leicester as well um maybe there's like a little stretch in the middle where I consider that. but I don't know it's just like their, their defense is not, but I mean like you know again like you don't really buy Alonzo for his his you know clean sheets you buy him for his you know um, attacking returns but um, I don't know going into the season all the other like all these g- kind of prime players that we've talked about already on Leicester and Liverpool and Chelsea I I just don't see the money um, for a six million Chelsea defender yeah yeah Leicester, fair Liverpool enough and um, and Man City of course but not Chelsea
0: fair enough Alonso is a luxury to you managers out there who want to want to get a little crazy I, I think I'm with you all right let's move down the table to Manchester United.
1: Yeah, Man United, uh interesting season for them for sure. Um, had one of their best moments uh right before everything uh went um kablooey. Um they uh <laughs> they actually uh, <laughs> uh they're, they're doing well in the Europa League too, actually, before everything uh went you know, went chaotic. I don't know why kablooey. I'm to keep i keep putting myself in this weird corner um so uh the top performer uh marcus rashford of course 8.8 million uh 19 goals in all competitions before his injury was injured um in I don't know what month it was anymore was it january or december um but was you know was out for a few months and is now uh healthy and in fact expected to be ready for the first match back at spurs so mm-hmm. the game week uh 30 you know or whatever we're let's just stay with let's let's stay with the normal premier league schedule for now just because it's easier to, to as you, you like know, to think about it that way so yeah so uh back for um the first match back um away to spurs um as is paul pogba interestingly um you know one of the questions to think about with man united is whether pogba 8.3 million, zero goals, two assists on the season Can be worth anything in fantasy <laughs> I think the answer has to be no until we see otherwise That being said, there is another player There is there is another, Brandon um, Bruno <laughs> Fernandez, 8.6 million two, Now, two goals and three assists in five Premier League starts Does not sound like much But Bruno Fernandez is like... He's I would good. say he's, you know, he was, yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, let's just say that. <laughs> let's not let's not get over the top here. He's good. He's a good player. He likes to shoot. He likes yeah. to uh, take set pieces. He likes to be attacking. He was really fun when you went. You know, you, went, when you and I went to the Manchester sure. derby. He was yeah. very. You know, very active in that match. He Um, likes weird penalty
0: run-ups, just like his friend Paul Pogba. So they'll get along famously.
1: That's unfortunate. But yeah, Um, he's just fun. And he's not super expensive. And I think that he's at like kind of the perfect age, too. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week's pop. You know, you don't really want anyone who's super young or super old in your team on the return because – um there's just some there'd be like a higher risk of rotation uh, mm-hmm. but he's kind of in that like perfect prime of his career you know mold um and uh, a little bit like someone like a bombing yang where you just like I, you just kind of expect them to start eight out of these nine matches um so yeah so i think that um i think bernard fernandez is super tempting um there's return is f- it's actually pretty good. If you just looked at the Spurs match away, that may be cause for concern. Uh you, you can see Mourinho trying to make things um very painful uh for Man United. Um you know, in his first first time meeting them since he's, you know, um uh returned to the Premier League since getting did he get sacked or did he just go at the end of the season? I can't remember what happened with him. He no, he did get sacked, right? Um totally. yeah, because they got they brought in Ole as the, as the caretaker, of course. Yeah. Um yeah, everyone has to forgive I don't know. Yeah, we we need a little uh, a little time to get ourselves back. Uh, <laughs> I'm like remembering this. Give stuff us a little, a little bit. time and space, everyone, please. <laughs> yeah, give us give us space in this difficult time. <laughs> um, so. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, but if you look past the Spurs match, um, it's Sheffield United, Bournemouth, and Southampton at home in three of the. God, actually, they're all good. Sheffield United, Brighton, Bournemouth, Aston Villa, Southampton, Crystal Palace, West Ham. I love those fixtures, uh, you know, so it's one of those cases where if, you know, when you're building your team, it's so hard not to look past that first match sometimes, um, mm-hmm. you know, because you sort of see it, you, know, you get your perfect starting lineup, like going to the next, the next, you know, uh, going to the, the other coming match and you just don't want to load up on players for the matches after that. And I think this might be a case where you should really consider someone like Fernandez because it is such a, a, a nice um, run after that. Um, The other player um, to note is uh, Anthony Martial, who um, you know I can't stand. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Go on. (laughs) He was, I mean, you know, as as you may remember, Brandon, he was in my team for all of the winter and spring, and I
0: loved it. He was the player you were desperate to get rid of, but he kept performing. And then the moment you could actually get rid of rid of him, he Uh kept performing.
1: Fine. It was so frustrating so i yeah i had a, whatever you know i got some goals out of him it's fine i hate watching him play I, i'm just not a fan you know he's probably my least favorite footballer in the premier league i mean i just he's got a case uh, of the uh, method uh,
0: about him very very horrible body language
1: horrible body language uh you know, not – um it doesn't seem happy when anybody else scores. It, it's just – it's like little things. Like, And I guess it's like we're talking about like least favorite player of a certain quality level. Like I'm sure, yeah. you know, there are players who I wouldn't enjoy watching on like you know, the bottom of the Sheffield United bench or whatever. Shrewsbury um, Town, so, we're looking at you guys. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Marcial is, uh, he's, he's fine. He's actually had a reasonably good season, I guess. Uh, you know, 11 goals, three assists playing as an out of position forward too. Um, so that, that is a consideration, but I uh, gave me Fernandez in his set pieces. And honestly, I, I, I don't have the shooting numbers handy, but it feels like he's, he's shooting on goal just as much as, uh, as Rashford is. And so, uh, I think, you know, over the stretch run, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, Fernandez, um, outscored him and he's certainly going to get more assists.
0: Yeah. Anything else on United before we move on?
1: No, um, I guess the last thing is just that um, I think that they're going to play a lot of really strong lineups because, as you noted before, they're just three points behind Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that the race between those two teams for the final Champions League spot um, could lead to a little less rotation than you'd see with some of the other teams.
0: Josh, you've given me the perfect segue to Wolves, who are five points off of the Champions League positions. Now, given the competition between Chelsea and Manchester United, I think it's kind of a tough ask for Wolves to get into that fourth spot. But they low-key might have the best fixture run out of all of these teams. And I'm looking at them playing West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa, Arsenal, Sheffield United, Everton, Burnley, Palace, and Chelsea. I don't know. I just think that that's a pretty good run for them a team that knows how to score goals and seriously um i think they could like secretly be one of the more important teams for our fpl squads in the next nine game weeks. Yeah. so um i, I things- just had to go
1: check i had to go check the site to see if i actually had him and in my team still mm-hmm. uh and i do so hey that's nice <laughs> Fantastic. <wasn't> sure. And <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so I, I think I think the key
0: for Wolves is gonna be how do you build basically a wolves segment of your FPL team front to back? Because I think a defender and a striker are imperative. So Jimenez is you know, you could you could debate between Jimenez and Jota, but let's just be clear, like Jimenez is the guy. Like regardless mm-hmm. of form and all of that, he is just the guy. He's uh, awesome. He's a more
1: awesome player. <laughs> the more opposite of Anthony Martial.
0: <laughs> yeah. There will be the temptation. You see Jota's at six point four. You know, and you're trying to get that other like premium midfielder. You're like, maybe I'll just downgrade Jimenez to Jota. But I just think whatever you can do, Jimenez is the guy. Now that all of that that I just said. Jota is coming off of the biggest high from shelter in place. He is the reigning premier league FIFA invitational champion beating Trent Alexander Arnold in a marvelous final of FIFA 20. So if this guy doesn't turn his FIFA, um, victory into on the pitch greatness, I don't know what's wrong with him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I didn't realize, yeah, he had two double digit return matches right before the season ended as well. Um, a 16 point return i do again this isn't even a matter of form but it's just like it's, it's a reminder of how explosive he can be yeah. the problem with joe is he's a slow starter um the yeah. last two seasons of the premier league he is he's taken a long time to get to get his feet and uh you know i you wonder if it's going to be the same issue here that he's like just one of those players that needs um a, it happens like in baseball a lot too, where there's just hitters who just start the season slow every season. And uh, you know, I wonder if that if that's just two is And I think because he started the last two seasons so slow, that's enough to scare me off him, you know, mm-hmm. having him with my team.
0: Yeah. All right. Here's another it's like always case studies with Wolves. Like here's the good option and the and the fun option. You got human as you got jokes right. in the midfield, you've got kind of the boring mid-tier management. Uh, player in Mutinho, and then you've got the Flash Adama Troyore. So Mutinho, <laughs> like somehow this guy is never appealing in FPL, but he's like had uh-huh. a kind of a low key great season, like in his price bracket five point four. He's come away with one goal and seven assists. So I just feel like we've slept on Mutinho the last two like one and a half seasons, and I could see uh-huh. him serving a role in your FPL side if you had just that much money to spend and you couldn't stretch to a six million midfielder. I think Matinho, just given these fixtures, given that he takes corner kicks and set pieces, could yeah. deliver a few like head to heads
1: for you and, you know, gain gain a couple points for you here or there. I like that. That's um I, I wouldn't have considered him, but I think that's a that's a f I, I guess I would go for the flash. I would go <laughs> for the uh Okay. <laughs> the Troy or a flash.
0: All right, real quick on the wolves defense. So Doherty is the exact same conversation that we had about Marcus Alonso. He's the exact same price tag at 6.3. Um, he left the, the remnants of the season in terrific form, goal scoring and clean sheet wise. So it's a matter of what you can afford. And Doherty, I think is going to be a differential for some managers. If you can stretch to him, if not, Wolves are offering Bali and Roman Sace, uh, four point eight and four point six, respectively. So I think if you're not stretching to Doherty, one of those two cheaper defenders is uh, a good thing to have, definitely when we restart.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, four point eight for Bali. That that that's that's pretty. I don't know. You know, Doherty is kind of tempting though, right? You know, the thing is like for for a team like them, they would have been playing a ton of matches anyway, right? Because they would have had the um, Europa League. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, I guess, I don't know, the same rules of rotation would still apply regardless. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's not like Doherty has to get rested for any reason. You know, like he's mm-hmm. just going to be able to play as often as he can handle it so um God, he's such a fun player he, yep. he's he's definitely worth considering I wish i, I you know it's like a, a classic player where you just wish they were 0. 0.5 million cheaper you know at 5.8 <laughs> mm-hmm. million you'd love him at 6.3 it's like so make sure uh yeah exactly you get a little hard down to get a little tight you know when you don't yep. spend that much money
0: yeah so i think wolf's coverage is going to be a big deal for us when we restart so um that's that uh take us through Sheffield right. united josh
1: yeah, we've moved to the Champions League contenders in about 50 minutes. So I think <laughs> we'll see if we can, we'll move a little faster now. Uh Sheffield United, uh, in some ways, they're um they're a great story and they are um not highly relevant for fantasy. I think uh the you know they're they have a double they're part of the double game week a bunch um to start off the uh the return of fantasy and so um you know i think the one player that you would really consider here is dean henderson um he's had a really good season um 5.3 million 10 clean sheets saved at least one penalty maybe more brandon Mm -hmm. how many penalties has dean henderson saved if you had to guess right now i'll i'll look Mm -hmm. it up as we uh i would guess i would uh, guess one i would guess one if any wow one is correct this is good this is good 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 podcast right here too Uh he has saved one on the season um straight in uh you know rex yeah rex up a ton of saves uh you know picks up some bonus points from time to time as well um kind of an ideal goalkeeper i think for this double game week um john lundstrom is an interesting case he um in some ways, you know, he is the, he he's like, the, he's a fantasy legend. Uh, and then you look and you're like, well, he's a 4.9 million guy. He's got four goals, four assists, nine clean sheets. It doesn't seem like much. Uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, like at this point, you forget that he started off at 4 million, that nobody had this guy for a while, that he was like one of the great like insider FPL players where it was, mm-hmm. like a, you know, it was like, we all had like a little edge on him uh, for a little while. So, um, but now he is a, um, a player whose spot is a little bit under threat um, at least, at least at times. Um, It seems like he may have earned it back a little bit, um, but I don't trust him, you know? And um, (laughs) I, I, like, I don't trust, you know, I just don't trust him um, as an asset, right? As an asset. Yeah. As, as a, as a man to be, to be quite honest. (laughs) Um, but I think uh, you know, Sander Burge was brought in basically as a Lundstrom replacement, and so um, you know, these are like the kind of things that are hard as a fantasy manager. Like, why would Lundstrom be replaced? He's he's scoring goals. He's you know, he's not a position yeah. defender. He's awesome, and you know, you have to see it through the lens of the uh, of Wilder. You know, and, and there must be things that um, that he feels like Lundstrom isn't um, accomplishing. And mm-hmm. um, I'm just not enough of a Sheffield United, you know, a, you know a fan to know exactly what that is. Um, But uh, anyway, so I think that it makes Lundstrom a little risky as a fantasy. I think it's fine to bring him in, but you have to know that especially at the very least, there is a replacement for Lundstrom, which means that instead of him being a eight or nine match starter, maybe Mm -hmm. it's like six, maybe it's five. Um, And so that does uh, knock him down a little bit because you just don't know if he's ever going to start. Um, John Fleck, I think is, um, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily been like talked about him too much, but because they have this double game week to start things off. Um, uh, I think that Fleck, um, uh, at 5 million with five goals and two assists is, um, definitely somebody to consider.
0: Oh, well, a little competition uh, for th- my Mutinho slot. Okay.
1: Yeah, it, it is kind of interesting. The problem with with loading up on too many Sheffield United players for the double game week is their run-in really isn't great after the double game week is done. It's a very good double. Um, mm-hmm. Aston Villa, Newcastle, um, both away. Um, but I think that's, you know, for someone like Henderson, uh, you'd think he'd make it up. He, he'll get enough saves that will at least equal one clean sheet. Um, but then it's uh, Man United, Spurs, Wolves, Chelsea, away to Burnley, away to Leicester. Um, just not, not a – not a great run uh, for the Sheffield United team, and uh, they also, you know, they were one of the teams that that voted against the five substitution rule, uh, partially because they were um, they were worried about their own squad depth. Um, so, but of course, the five substitution rule did go through. Uh, so we will see if um, How you know squad for depth them. and let yeah, yeah, exactly, and it got exposed. Um, so we'll see, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, with them, I think it's you know unfortunately they were they were really you know had a chance for Champions League spot and I think um, I think this this compressed schedule is probably going to hurt them. So any thoughts for you on Sheffield United? I mean, I, did I cover all the key players?
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on there, and I think there's not a real conversation to have about their strike force. I think Flecky is kind of the only attacking player, just given his price tag, and they're yeah. just they've been so much more appealing just on in. Um, in the defense all season So just looking at that yeah. Double to start To open the restart I feel like one defender or Henderson Ought to do yet. And that's that's kind of how I'm feeling
1: Yeah, maybe like an Egan or an O'Connell mm-hmm. You know, 4.6, four point yeah. seven million, Who you could sort of treat as like a fourth or fifth defender Not start them all the time But just start them for this double um, yeah, That might be something uh, to consider Yeah
0: all right moving on to spurs who we we ended up talking a fair amount about spurs uh, in last week's podcast but just to recap what does spurs have to play for well they're seven points off the champions league position or you could look at it another way josh they're just 10 losses mm-hmm. away from getting jose Mourinho fired or nine losses or, or however many <laughs> losses i don't know yeah um yeah. looking at their fixtures you know they're not they're not terrible but if I read these fixtures to you, tell me like how many times would you consider captaining your Spurs player, be it Son, be it Kane, or somebody else? Manchester United, probably not. West Ham, no. maybe. Sheffield maybe. United, mm, I don't know. Everton, mm. Bournemouth, sure. Arsenal, probably not. Newcastle, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Leicester, definitely not. Crystal Palace. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's so dicey for me. And then we're last week of the season, so yeah, you know, wildcardy kind of. It's situation. totally wild wildcardy, and so that's kind of come. I, I feel like I have to ask this question of captaincy uh, mapped on the fixtures because Spurs' assets are just so expensive. I mean, I respect them; right. and they're pretty decent, but they're so expensive. You're, you're, you're looking at Harry Kane at ten point eight, and there's another guy who we haven't really seen him play in in months and months right. and months. So
1: we agree, Leroy, little little Leroy Sane issue there, right? Where it's like, does he have the match fitness to has it to play
0: a lot? Has match fitness ever mattered to Harry Kane though? You know, he he like rolls <laughs> off the gurney said, and says, "Put me in, coach."
1: This is what we said about Alexis Sanchez though for years, you know, and then suddenly Sanchez couldn't play, and so we'll see. You know, I mean, I I, I agree with you, but I yeah. mean, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Right. So it, it's like so much in the attack to consider for Spurs. And um, we agreed last week that Son is by far the most appealing attacking asset. And 9.7, you know, he's up there. He's he's kind of competing in the premium midfield bracket with the likes of, you know, if, if you're considering getting both Salah and Sadio Mane, you look at Son and you're like, well, I could shave a few million or a few points million yeah off my uh, team value here and, and squeeze in a better <laughs> yeah. defender. So that's the appeal yeah. of sun right there. And I think that you could justify having sun considering you wouldn't even captain him. That, that brings me to Harry Kane where I'm just like, I, I need to see him play what he looks like before I'm willing to shell out for him and consider even captaining him.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I feel you on Kane. Um, yeah. Sun is, is really, I, I guess this is why we never end up having, or it's so rare to have um, Salah and Mane, right? Because it's so hard to look at someone like Son and squint mm-hmm. and sort of see him kind of doing exactly what you can get out of a. I mean, nine goals and nine assists, given all the all the red cards and chaos mm-hmm. yeah, that right. Son is. You know, this very cheerful guy who just like leaves like a chaos trailing in his wake, sort yeah. of very unexpected it's funny
0: like he is he is cheerful but yeah he does leave that chaos and he's like selfish is all hell and that's why we love him as an fpl <laughs> asset because he loves to shoot yeah. the ball so those yeah. are some known quantities i think wild cards for spurs going into this uh final stretch would be deli ali who seemingly loves to play under Josie Mourinho. he was like reborn yeah. when Poch yeah. left the club and at 8.3 He's – that's a – you're getting into compelling price tags for Spurs players. And then there's my friend yeah. Serge Aurier who – um he is among <sighs> the most ridiculous and ill-disciplined players in all of the Premier League. But yep. he like totally has the faith of Jose. He's got that right uh, wingback spot nailed down and he's got license to get forward and he is like uh. – he's he lots of pros just, and cons he, with him in your FPL side yeah. you ran with him for a while during the season well it's
1: just like Martial. I was just thinking like uh, just like I had Martial and and Aurier for a while and it was just so frustrating and I you know I got an own goal from Aurier I feel like I got a handful like a, a fistful of yellow cards too this mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> is a you know got c- a couple of assists thrown in there as well uh yeah it's just a very frustrating experience yeah
0: great clint eastwood soccer movie fistful of yellow
1: cards uh, i think we should definitely, yeah. definitely make that only has one only has one in the season as i just looked i'm a little surprised yeah. i would have thought he had more it feels like he's always following people uh,
0: breaking news for Spurs is that Lo Celso is apparently now out through the end of the summer with an injury, so we Jeez. will not see Lo Celso in the Spurs midfield. And he was a player who was really coming to the fore as just like a ball mover for them and a creative yeah. player, so he will be missed. Yeah. That that could be an issue it's, for them.
1: Yeah, has no goals <laughs> and no assists in the season. Hopefully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you. But he
1: a was brought in, like a, right? A facilitator, totally, totally. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Lucas mora the last
0: player I would mention, who he's another one in that uh conversation. Of I am interested to see what five engaged substitutions do for Lucas mora Does that mean he's yep. seeing more minutes or fewer, uh, fewer starts, more subs, more starts, fewer minutes? Uh, Unclear So one to watch
1: (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Yeah Um All right And that goes We go right from Spurs To Arsenal How do you like that Um Top performers, uh, Obama Yang, 11.1 million, 17 goals, three assists, kind of like Jimmy Vardy, just classic, like, uh, you're gonna get what you're, you know, they're a, a blue chip striker, Brandon, at a, mm-hmm. at a at a blue chip price. Um, you and I saw him blank, barely like play like Yikes. crap, yeah, in the uh, Arsenal West Ham match that we saw. Um, the, the man in front of us couldn't stand it. Um, as can't stand it. <laughs> um, I like him. He's on my team right now. They have a double, Brandon. Here's a uh, breaking news for you. I don't expect to have a even though they have this double going mm-hmm. into uh, game week, whatever it is. Yep. Um, I, he's just, he's just the team itself is too inconsistent. It's not you, yang, It's your team. <laughs> um, I mean, 17 goals. It's not like he's had a terrible season, but it, the whole team is just. I think this is a, a trial window for um, for Arteta a little bit. I mean, as as it has been um kind of all all winter and spring um you know players like uh jaka and ozil are both back in the lineup and um you know th- they fall into this category of this basically it's a bunch of b minus c plus fantasy assets that's what you're getting out of arsenal right now and it's really been this way ever since uh, uh rc wenger left and uh i don't you know i have a lot of faith in arteta i, I you know um I think he's going to figure things out. I think he's doing the best he can with the squad he's got, which is a really messy squad, right? A lot of young players who are really promising and interesting. Um, and a lot of old players who are on massive contracts and could still like do a job, you know, and it's like a weird mix of, of players and, and the expensive ones can be a little moody as well. (laughs) So it's just, it's just a weird, like it's kind of a stay away, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, you have you have Burn Leno and uh, you got like uh, like 11 points or something out of him. Didn't you in that match that we saw? Uh, uh, I feel like he really came through for you.
0: I did. He got the clean sheet and a fair amount of bonus. She's I'm like looking at the fantasy site and it's like it never happened. Like I don't even know how to see, <laughs> see the points. Um, but yeah, Leno seemed like a great idea at the time because, yeah, you look at the I, I do think the fixtures after City you know City was part of the double in 29 but now it's now this new double was Brighton Southampton Norwich and I thought that was a good way to roll that double into some good clean sheet odds and then I could dump Leno when they got to that Wolves Leicester Spurs Liverpool run given given all that yeah I think if we assume I can just have a clean slate and this restart Leno is gone and I think we have mentioned players like Henderson and we'll talk about um we'll talk about Nick Pope in a second here. Lots of other cheaper, yeah. more interesting goalkeepers to fill that place. And I'm with you. I yeah. think Arsenal just are kind of be a going to be non-existent for this FPL stretch.
1: Yeah, uh, you, if Leno was even four seven or something, but yeah, you know, five million, it just doesn't feel like um, anything more than like a one-week punt kind of player. Yep. Um, so uh, injury updates: uh, Baron and Holding are both back to full fitness. Um, Baron's still too expensive to be considered, five point five million. Holding is only four point four. So if he were to earn a spot as a center back, or possibly, I guess, as a fullback in that team, um, he might be worth at least keeping an eye out for. Um, Saka is another player who. It's kind of interesting. He's an out of position midfielder. Um, you know, he's playing. I mean, I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, it is it, out of position in the sense that he's doing some defensive duties. I think um, when you and I saw them play, I mean, he was super attacking. You he know, spent really all dangerous. of his time
0: near the uh, the corner flag of West Ham's, and he was yeah. yeah I, I I think there are certain matches where they're doing less defending. Uh, maybe it's Arsenal; they're not really doing in a lot life. of defending anyway. Well, this so. is.
1: The, this is like – I mean my feeling is just like the season is kind of like a wash, you know? And so it's like – I mean in some ways they'd probably almost be better if it not get any Rebel League spot next year, you know? And so it's like I'd love to see – like Gabriel Martinelli looks – you know, as an Arsenal fan, there's just like – I would love to see Gabriel Martinelli. I would love to see Saka. I would love to see a bunch of these – Gwen Duzzi, like give him serious minutes and see what you know, see what he can show. Just yeah. like try them all out. Like just try all of these younger <laughs> players because – you uh, know, I mean, Pepe is like, you know, it's too expensive to really consider, um, you know, Chaka. Like, come on, give me a break with Chaka, you know. <laughs> um, Get out of here. You know, I think Aubameyang, I mean, Aubameyang is another one. is interesting, too, because I don't think he's been offered a contract um, extension. And so um i think he's signed through next year i actually should have looked this up before we started talking about it. um so there you know there, it could be that he is a little bit of risk at minutes as they as they decide actually whether he has a year left or not um if he only has one year left they'll probably look to shop him if they're not going yeah. to have him next engine yes definitely. um and so so there might be some rotation risk uh, with him as well and i think lock that's the same way where he's just um he, under arteta he's not been a consistent starter um so there's no reason to expect him to be um so yeah arsenal it's a bombing or bust i think uh, at least for right now <laughs> totally, um, totally all right yeah how about burnley
0: all right burnley this is the last team before we take a break uh 10 teams so far uh one one podcast 20 teams this is going great <laughs> split this over two pods yeah. um burnley burnley it's basically all defense like what do they have to play for they're on 39 points they have nothing to play for like the the season's over um Mm -hmm. uh, and they're not going to lay down and die and burnley has never struck me as a team that that plays on the beach but um i'm not really looking for much more here but uh but looking at the fixtures you're going to be scared off by manchester city to open up the restart but after that It's just an insane run where clean sheets galore could be with Watford Palace, Sheffield United, West Ham, yeah, Liverpool's in there, Wolves, Norwich, and Brighton to finish off the season. So if you look at Burnley, um, they've got 11 or 12 clean sheets on the season so far, and they've turned into, I mean, they have a reputation of, but they've continued this as a a pretty good organized defensive outfit. So what does this mean? Uh, I am targeting defensive assets only for Burnley and you know I mentioned Nick Pope he is the season's top scoring goalkeeper and he's 4.9 and um, that's like really all you need to know there I think there is some competition as we mentioned Henderson with the double game week but for the long term I think Nick Pope is the creme de la creme and to double up with Burnley I think is not a terrible idea so here's a question like how risk averse are you and if you are risk averse the the Burnley double up would be with Ben Me at 5.0. And I would I would flag Ben Me ahead of Tarkowski just because Tarkowski is point two more expensive at 5.2. So like why spend that extra bit of money when Ben Mee is basically the exact same player? So if you <laughs> yeah, but, that, yeah. but but if you like risk, you've got some cheapo, cheapo players in Charlie Taylor and Phil Bardsley. Both are four point three. Yeah relatively consistent all things considered but if i were to point to rotation risks in this burnley squad i think those two fullbacks will probably miss a few starts so if you can abide by just having them be on your bench um some of the game weeks i think the price tag is compelling enough
1: it feels like a like there could be a chance to get like a little cute here with some transfers later on in the season you know like um if bartley has started two in a row maybe you'd Drop a Sheffield United defender to bring in um who Bartley's replacement, I don't even know like you know like like you sort of you try to be a little creative there, you know, mm-hmm. and uh just, and just look for some, like one yeah is is it still louding yeah, is he still um he's still kicking around, still kicking around still the, kicking. Uh the league there yeah so yeah i think um i think it's it's one of the more expensive central defenders or or nothing because it's just it's it's just too stressful and you know for 0.2 million more you can get one of the sheffield united defenders and they're um, a lot more likely to start you know virtually every match
0: so in the attack for burnley i think chris wood has had a very decent season but there's still injury plaguing the the strikers both barnes and chris wood so we don't know if they're going to be starting right out of the gate or not it's just your boy, Dwight McNeil, at 6.1. But, um, mm-hmm. like, do you want to spend that kind of money for a team that probably isn't going to produce a ton of goals in this stretch? I yeah. would say not. Yeah, yeah I agree. I've... Injury to look for uh, Goodmanson, who's kind of a talismanic attacker. He is. Perhaps back from injury at this point. I haven't seen him in any of the like training photos, but 5.9. Goodmanson is always good for it when he's healthy. We haven't mm-hmm. seen that this season, but uh, one to watch yeah. for as as this unfolds. So that's Burnley. It's okay. all defense for me.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's that, 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 that seems like a fair assessment. I think I agree. I, um, yeah, and I think those, those forwards, like you said, I think you can, you can find better value elsewhere. Um, all right, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll do, uh, Teams eleven through twenty, Brennan. I mean we'll have to Yikes. do this lightning Round style. Okay, okay. We'll be back. Yep.
0: Hey guys, there is no shortage of action going on right now at our exclusive partner Bet Online. Yes, the Premier League is coming back. Bundesliga is back. NASCAR's also back. And bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to, to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7 or participate in the $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free and live. Right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution.
1: All right, Brandon. We're back. We're moving into the bottom half of the table, and so uh, I think we can be a little faster here with some of these teams too, because um, they're just not flooded with, in most cases, flooded with 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 a lot of fantasy assets. Anyway, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, they don't tend to uh, score as much or or keep as many leads. So uh, Crystal Palace, uh, couple of performers. Uh, you know, Zaha. So, uh, but, but a little in the Ryan Fraser camp, where um, you know wanted to leave didn't leave sulked for a long time and then started to you know look a little bit better mm-hmm. um and uh but you know the, the final numbers are not we're not that hot i mean 6.7 million he's got three goals and five assists i mean this is a guy who that's so bad you know think yeah thinks of himself as a champions league level player and you know it's like he should be at least getting jack Grealish level production mm-hmm. um at, at crystal palace yes totally um yeah. And it's kind of frustrating. He's just been, it's been a frustrating season for him. Uh, Jordan Ayu is a player who I probably haven't given enough due to this season. Mm-hmm. Um, 5.2 million, eight goals to assists, And he had good late season form. If that, you know, to the extent that matters, I think in this case it only matters in the sense that it means he's probably very likely to, um, get a lot of starts, you know, um, get the majority of the starts. Mm-hmm. Um, joe williams uh natural joel, uh joel ward uh 4.3 million um one assist six clean sheets so you get what you pay for good. josh yeah 4.3 million i guess it's not that bad uh he is uh back and healthy everyone everyone in general actually seems to be back in fit with this team uh sadly lord Sorloth is still on uh, loan Boo. the uh fixture run-in is not great uh pretty bad actually um they uh they play Liverpool away, Leicester away, uh Wolves away, uh they play uh, Spurs at home, they play Man United at home, they play Chelsea at home. Just not awesome. Even the Bournemouth match away is uh not great from a not great from a, a defensive standpoint anyway. And so um, you know, I think the question is, is there anyone that you'd want? Um, and outside of Jordan Ayu, um I don't think so. And even IU, I think, is more of an enabler type player, yeah. not a starter every week.
0: I'm with you. I think the ship has kind of sailed on the Palace defense, which has produced a lot of FPL points for people through the course of the season. But yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. It's a shaky start. The fixtures aren't amazing for them. There are other options to so go elsewhere. And, and then IU is just like an interesting puzzle piece to to cheaply fit in up front. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Everton. um, Actually, I think they're an interesting team to talk about uh, looking at just their attack. What does Everton have to play for? I think that these players are just kind of playing for their standing next season, whether they want to be star performers at Everton next season or get moved elsewhere. Having uh, Andre Gomez back from injury uh, will be really useful for their midfield. I mean, I wouldn't suggest that Gomez is an FPL asset, but it's just favorable for them um, more efficiently moving the ball around that midfield. It's just all about Calvert-Lewin with Everton. He has had Mm -hmm. a breakthrough season, 13 goals, seven of those came in their last 10 matches. So you would say that Ancelotti has a lot of confidence in Calvert-Lewin going into the restart he's young he's nailed i think you could see him starting virtually every one of these games and they don't have a ton of other options moise keen is like not fit in yeah, at all at everton yeah. unfortunately yeah. so um you know it's they they're not really known for scoring a ton of goals this season it's just calvert lewin and richarlison who are the star attackers richarlison just straight up overpriced at 8.3 I mean he will explode um occasionally but I just don't see how he's competing with the likes of Bruno Fernandez in that midfield slot slot in your squad so Richarlison out um their defense yeah Holgate is another one of those 4.3 million bench fodder players but as I said I'm really just kind of looking at Everton for attacking productivity and not clean sheets they've got the merseyside derby to start out the restart norwich fine then Leicester, spurs southampton wolves aston Villa, sheffield united bournemouth it's it's touch and go and i just think it's more goals than clean sheets for them
1: they feel like um a wild card team like if you're playing a wild card like with four or five game weeks left in the season um i like them a lot more than i do before then you know like once you get to the Southampton, Wolves, Aston Villa, Sheffield United, Bournemouth run in. Um, I like them more, but I, I agree with you. I mean, Spurs, Leicester, Liverpool, even though, even away to Norwich, like you said, that's, those are not – I mean, orange for Calvert-Lewin maybe, but, you know, for the defenders, yeah. I agree. It's just like not an not I, much I sure.
0: think that's why it just keeps coming back to Calvert-Lewin because at 6.5, that's a price where you can afford to carry him through that Liverpool fixture or some of the tougher fixtures. And just to save yourself the grief of having to try and transfer him in at a later date, I think that he, he'd still uh, meet his value um at this uh, at the beginning of the restart yeah
1: it's an interesting shout i hadn't really thought of him for my team but i i, I see what you're saying it's maybe that's what i think about something to think about indeed yeah, lots of other
0: like total <laughs> total randos like these these randos at everton don't even rise to the leicester city midfielder discussion like sigurdsson and bernard and walcott and all that so it's 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 a lot of misfits there, and I think we can. I think we can safely move on, Josh.
1: Yeah, and I mean Lucas Dean down to five point seven. Eh, maybe somebody to think about it at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, just to, not the Dean that we had last year. Uh, not the two goal and one match Dean. Sadly, yeah,
0: he hasn't scored a single goal this season. He just did not kick on. And I mean, it's been a tough road to for Everton, and uh, it's just not come together at all for them and that Dean had some, he had an injury at the start of the season too, which was a problem, but yeah, it's a shame. He was a
1: great one. Newcastle. Um, This is like a borderline pass. Uh, You know, the, I mean, the big news of Newcastle is it looks like they may have finally sold their club. Uh, but now there are some, some hiccups there that uh, may stop that from happening. So we'll see. Regardless, it, it won't really affect the team this much down the stretch, I wouldn't think. I mean, I don't think players play for a new owner necessarily. Um, maybe there's like a new like director of football in place or something like that. But I feel like a new owner is like far enough removed that it shouldn't affect things too much. Um, so there's really no top performers on the team. Uh, Dubrovka, perhaps, perhaps. Um, I still do like uh, Jamal LaSalle Just because uh, he was injured for so long That it dropped his price down really low mm-hmm. uh, And he's one of those, like, gonna start every match um, Team captain Type of players mm-hmm. What's that? He's the yeah, team, team captain Yeah, team captain, exactly Yep uh, Jetra Williams is out with a long-term knee injury Which is a shame because he's a fun player to watch mm-hmm. um, Kieran Clark, um, same thing Super fun so, to watch, uh, Kieran, Kieran Clark Oh, I mean, everybody loves center back Kieran Clark <laughs> You know, Aston Villa legend Yeah um, Fixture run-in is uh, it's a good start, poor finish. So we were talking about, uh, before about Everton being a second half of the run-in wildcard team. Uh, Newcastle is a team to start with, possibly, mm-hmm. um, and maybe one of their defenders. Because Sheffield United, Aston Villa, and West Ham at home, even Bournemouth away, um, in their first four matches, it's actually about as good as you're going to get to start off Uh Um, the restart. Um, And so I think that they could be a team to at least um, think about like a cheap defender. Again, we're talking fifth bench fodder here. You know, we're not talking about, uh, you know, like load up on their, on their players. Um, Because I mean, they're kind of a miracle, you know, they're in 12th place and uh, nobody really knows how, you know, it's, uh, (laughs) it's like, it doesn't seem like they have any particularly good players. Uh, Their defense is, good, But not great, there. I think it's just like you know, in some ways, it's the power of their stadium, and um, you wonder how much that'll be diminished, um, when it's empty, you know, and if that hurts them a little bit because um, I think they have such a significant home field advantage. Um, do you still have that just because it is, yeah, a can you know, cavernous stadium? I don't know, um, you know, so um, yeah, it feels like it's one thing to be in that stadium when it's absolutely packed and it's January mm-hmm. versus like mid-July you know when it's empty uh it doesn't feel quite as intimidating to me I currently have Lascelles in my team and
0: yeah 4.3 it's pretty cool I have a feeling I'll still have him uh at the restart Sheffield United Villa Bournemouth, yeah. Bournemouth West Ham that's yeah I think that's enough for me to to keep hanging on to him and then moving on to another GP to to finish the season all right I will tackle Southampton here pretty quick. Uh, What did these guys have to play for? Um, They are pretty much safe, seven points above the drop zone. Um, Their fixtures are kind of wild, I would say. Norwich, Arsenal, Watford, then City, Everton, Manchester United, Brighton, Bournemouth, Sheffield United. It's another one of those, like... Uh, maybe just like bench boost with some Southampton defenders uh, when the time is right. You've got McCarthy as keeper at 4.5. Jack Stevens is kind of turned into the defensive darling from Southampton because he's sub 4.5 at 4.4. 4. You know, one goal, three assists on the season. There's always an element of hope when Jack Stevens is playing for your FPL side. It's true, he's a fun player (laughs) So then we get to this um, You know, pairing we were talking about With like Jimenez and Jota Now you have Danny Ings And Shane Long Ings, he kind of had his Moment uh, this season Do you believe that Ings' moment Has passed? Like would you Would you consider him for Even a second at 7.1?
1: That's a good question I mean you know, the problem with him is he's been very injury prone in his career. And so with five subs, it's hard to see him. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a Gabriel Jesus thing, right? Where it's, it's hard to see him playing in like a full 90 minutes in any of these matches, but it's easy to see him playing in every single match, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and getting, and getting minutes, um, a a different time. So, um, I don't know. That's, it's a good question. Um, I guess just just to answer it I will say that at the start of the reboot um, at the start of you know the season coming back he is not in my plans yeah but I would at least consider him long term I, mean, I I I believe in his I believe in him as a talent you yeah. know and I believe in him as a finisher um and so you know there may be a point where I have him in my team but not off the bat
0: Yeah, I think with that opening fixture against Norwich, there's going to be a temptation for a lot of managers to just take a punt on Ng. So the advice would be just have an exit strategy for him in case something goes wrong or the fixture's turn. The alternate is, you know, Jordan Ayew at 5.2. You've got Shane Long even cheaper at 4.7. You're definitely getting what you're paying for with this dude, two goals and three assists on the season. But um, he is... uh, Oh, but but you would flag that if something has kind of turned with Shane Long, the last eight matches before the stoppage, he had started all of those matches. So you're actually possibly getting more minutes out of a real cheap guy up front. So Shane Long, classic enabler uh player. Yeah.
1: He's it's funny that the funny thing about Long, though, he's one of those guys who ends up in everybody's like someone like him ends up in everybody's team. It's like you talk about Senior so talking about all these players we want you know, up and down. Oh, I want Calvert-Lewin. I want, you know, um, I want a straight midfield of all Liverpool and Man City players, you know? And then somehow you're like, wait, how did I end up with like two Bournemouth attackers and Shane Long? You know, it's like, what, what, what went wrong here? And, you know, it's sort of, yeah. It's a good
0: point. It's a good point. Yeah. yeah, And then he'll end up in one of our teams for sure. mm -hmm. And then they're very like, they're impossible to get rid of at that point. Um, but I feel like there's going to be some very specific, it's it's such a short window, nine game weeks. There's going to be some very like precise strategies that people are going to set to set out to play. So maybe Mm. these weird players actually, um, will linger a little less. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really mean anything.
1: Yeah i think i know what you mean though yeah like a a savvy manager may find a little window like a a two or three game week window where you could play someone like him and really Mm -hmm. um rip the benefits
0: yeah all right so that's southampton what do you got in brighton
1: not much um it's it's funny it's a little (laughs) bit like newcastle um you know this was a southampton or brighton excuse me me let me focus on brighton here brighton was a team that uh going to the season uh, had this big win at watford um and everyone was like okay this is happening like they're gonna be good this year um you know they have this like they have tons of midfielders and forwards and defend like they have one of the longest team pages uh <laughs> you go through the fantasy page they get like uh-huh. 13 defenders 13 midfielders bunch of forwards um and uh yeah somehow it never works it's, not, it's like they they it's a little bit bore where they just keep buying more and more players, you know, and yeah. they're sort of like trying to be clever and going into like the Swiss league and finding people <laughs> and, uh, it just hasn't really worked. So, um, Neil Mappe has been pretty good. Um, a little bit in that IU category where he's, um, um, pretty consistent. I, you know, again, it's like Calvert-Lewin and Ings were the players who ended up becoming the real, the real stars in that budget bracket. Uh, Neil mappe has been fine. Uh, 5.7 million, eight goals to assist. Uh, at times has been good. Um, and he's a fun player to watch. He's like a real, like, a, um, he's very, I mean, he's like a really fun player to watch. Um, but it hasn't quite completely clicked for him on the season. Uh, three goals and five assists, been a pretty consistent starter in the second half of the season. But it hasn't really translated into uh, fantasy returns. He's actually, he's like one of those players he was more fun to get excited about. And then once he actually started playing a lot, you're like, eh, he's just, he's whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Louis Dunk is, uh, you know, if you trust this Brighton defense, which I don't, then uh, Louis Dunk would be a player to consider. Uh, 4.7 million, two goals, three assists, six clean sheets. Um, Injury update Aaron Connolly. Speaking of Shane Longy, GP forwards is also uh, Irish. He's also Irish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Too bad Euro 2020 is not <laughs> happening anymore. Uh, so Aaron Connolly is uh, back and healthy and uh, I don't really know what that means for fantasy. Not much necessarily. Uh, but if like Mappe got injured, um, then maybe you can, yeah. you know, I mean, Connolly and Mappe played together, I think anyway. So I don't know, but I, I think um, at least, you know, if, if you're like, if you're looking to go, Really strong in the midfield, and you're going to play like a four-four-two or something like that, or a three-five-two with your formation. um But you want someone who might actually get you some minutes. Then Aaron Connolly might yeah. be somebody to consider. At least he's back and healthy.
0: I think these fixtures are terrible for Brighton. I will be staying <laughs> they, away they from them.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are terrible, aren't they? About as bad as it gets. Yeah, Arsenal, Leicester, Man United, Liverpool, Man City. Yuck. Yeah, Maybe a little better at the very end. Yeah, not not good.
0: Okay, so West Ham. These guys are on 27 points, which puts them even with Watford and Bournemouth. Bournemouth are in the drop zone. So it's all to play for, for West Ham. Mm-hmm. They are fighting for survival. The issue is, if you were to get a player, who do you get? You got Allaire, he's too expensive. Snodgrass, he's too inconsistent. Mark Noble, just very Mark Noble. So if mm-hmm. I were to look to anyone... On West Ham, I would say, look for the cheap guys. And in the defense, Mm -hmm. Aaron Cresswell, who was like England team captain in training, and then like 10 other better players came along in the last two or three years, (laughs) and we stopped thinking about him. Uh, But 4.5, I do think, still is is decent value uh, for Cresswell. But then, if that's too expensive for you, why not try my friend, Issa Diop? Now I tried to make mm-hmm. Diop a thing with a wild card or some other transfer earlier in the season. That's when like the wheel the wheels came off of West Ham. Diop was terrible, mm-hmm. and then your team lost. too. <laughs> he lost, his, he <laughs> lost his position. He lost his position. Um, but Moyes has reinstated him, and he scored three goals since um, he came back into the into the side. No clean sheets though, so I think that's a warning shot. I'm talking about defenders, but you probably don't want any defenders from West Ham considering the thing that I don't stick- want anyone from this team <laughs> the thing that sticks out to me though <laughs> is remember you were talking about uh the Arsenal West Ham match that we saw in game week 29 watching yeah. Mikel Antonio play it was incredible mm. to watch yeah. him fly around the front of the pitch and he was absolutely terrifying yeah. um Arsenal really central defense um, so he's, he's like in the mix of what's your, what's your strategy here? Are you looking to have fun? I think Antonio could be fun. And if West Ham is in, is under this pressure to get away from the drop zone, they're going to have to score some goals. So I think Antonio would be a fun pick expensive though. He is at 6.9, but injury news is that our Ukra- Ukrainian, our Ukrainian friend Yarmolenko is back. He's been <laughs> yep. pictured in training. This is the price okay. tag. Five point two. So um bad. gotta see you've gotta see this team play. Like do they mean business or not? And if they do, Yarmolenko could be an interesting um differential a few weeks into this restart.
1: Yeah, when we're very much in the relegation zone, kind of really starting with with West Ham. Uh the West Ham is tied with the next two teams uh, on points. Um in 18th place so i think that um in some ways that makes these some of these fantasy players a little safer right i mean there's just no um i mean obviously you don't want anyone to get like a muscle injury or whatever but when you're fighting to stay up there's just some players are gonna have to play more mm-hmm. you know they're just gonna have to uh um get more starts and so um you know bad for their health possibly good for fantasy <laughs> <laughs> um, transactional so, all right Josh. So, Exactly, It's all transactional, Brandon. Um, we move on. We move on to Watford. Uh, as I noted before, tied with points uh, with West Ham. Um, top performers. It's your usual mix of whatever players on Watford. Um, Ismail Asar had really was having a moment uh, in late winter. Um, Six point four million, five goals, for assists. Again, it's like he got priced like a little high for this for a Watford team that isn't very good. I mean. I just spending $6.4 million on anybody on a team at this, like, rung of the Premier League table does seem like a mistake. I mean, just a classic fantasy mistake to, um, to load up on too many players who are not on good teams, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just because well, it's, it's not about how good they are a lot of the times. It's just like no one's going to help them. You know, so, um, but he's had some big moments, uh, double-digit returns, and multiple matches, and so he's someone to consider. Um, you know, they're Watford are really in trouble and really at risk of going down. I think, and uh, one of the reasons why is um, they're really injured right now. Um, Delefeu, Mariapa, Jan Olabas, and, uh, success are all injured and likely to miss, um, multiple matches. I I think the full, the full run in for some of these players, um, Dini was out, um, basically because he was like, this is not healthy to, Mm -hmm. to come back and start training again. He sort of took a very reasonable moral stance, but, uh, he's now back, but he may be a little behind the rest of the team in terms of match fitness. So, so you have all that um Sar is the only one i'd really consider the defense uh total stay away in my opinion um if only you know mostly because i don't know who i'd even trust in that defense anyway um though ben foster was having a very good season i guess i could have noted him as a top performer because he's been a great fantasy ass up. give him some respect but i yeah I, I belatedly i did uh but the, the fixture run is pretty middling i'd say hmm. um Leicester, Chelsea, Man City, Wade Arsenal. Um, there's a couple of decent home matches in there, Southampton, Norwich, New, Newcastle. But in general, it's not a great run-in. There's not a lot of reliable fantasy assets on there. Even Saar is probably um, – I mean, Decore is reasonably – Decore is a very good player. But, I mean, as a fantasy asset, he's uh, uh, just okay as well. So um, I think I would just stay away from all of Watford. Even Ben Foster, I, I just don't. I think you can find um, I, I mean, honestly, I'd probably rather have um, your boy um, um, Plano than I would uh, Ben Foster. So that's <laughs> that strong words.
0: Yeah. Well, let's use that as a segue, the goalkeeper discussion into Bournemouth, because I think um, the 4.5 uh, 4. goalkeeper is an interesting target, especially for those mm-hmm. of us who still have a bench boost chip. So The hardest thing with a bench boost is how do I actually have two playing goalkeepers in my squad at any moment? Like the temptation is to spend as little as humanly possible on goalkeepers in the game. So I often find myself with a non-playing goalkeeper. So assume you get to refashion your team and you want to find a cheap goalkeeper to slot on your bench. Ramsdale at Bournemouth is an interesting option if you look at the 4.5 keepers Ramsdale has made the most saves of any 4.5 keeper it's a little harder to parse like I would have had to have actually broken it out to average saves per game because keepers like McCarthy on Southampton or um, Heaton and Pepe Reina at Villa all 4.5 they haven't played the whole season because of injury or, or Um, loan moves. So there is Ramsdale who has actually made 102 saves, uh, seven more saves than Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll, not Nick Kroll, not the famous comedian Nick Kroll. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Tim Croll. Kroll. <laughs> so I, th- I think it, it was interesting for me to see. Oh yeah, Ramsdale is actually um, more productive than Tim Croll in Norwich. Uh, so he's yeah. not been getting a lot of respect. Not that he needs respect, because Bournemouth are in huge it's, trouble. It's because
1: he's so it's because he's so Magnum looking. I think that's really the uh, it, it <laughs> hurts. If you look if fired. you looked like. Uh, you look like, uh, I don't know, James Madison or something. I feel like we'd all be talking about.
0: Yellow too. is not a great color for Ramsdale, and I think his keeper kit is is more often than not yellow, and it's it's just it not a good on, look for yeah, a toe-headed, pasty white guy. Um, <laughs> So let's, let's get this guy a cooler kit next season. Um, But, yeah, so I, I think for Bournemouth, for them to be safe to get out of this predicament, the only way Bournemouth has ever known how to solve their problems is to score goals. So Mm -hmm. I think Ramsdale is really only there to service a possible bench boost. And that's pretty much it. The rest is what we're looking at here is Kellen Wilson, the truth, uh, Mm -hmm. who is just like way too expensive. We talked about all the competition in that 7.4 price bracket where Kellen Wilson is. So I'm just not sure we have any use for him. Uh, So then there's just Josh King who refuses to ever leave the FPL conversation. Mostly because he continues to be on pens. Is that a tough choice here? Can I tempt you with a Josh King? Josh,
1: uh, you know, no, but it does remind me of the beginning of the season a little bit where they had a nice run in at the start. And we all kind of talked ourselves into Bournemouth players despite knowing better.
0: Yeah, here is a great FPL case of like how Bournemouth is just a total mess and irrelevant in FPL. David Brooks, who is back, like they've been been missing some of these great attacking players who were really in form last season, Ryan Fraser and David Brooks has just not been able to play because he had such a great season last season. He's now 6.2. He's more expensive than Josh King, who we were just talking about. So it's like, there are these interesting players in Bournemouth. They're in an interesting situation where they're going to need to score goals, but the prices are out of whack. I don't trust any of these players. So, it feels very odd that i have somehow settled on ramsdale as the one player to target on this team
1: <laughs> well I, you know it's just, it's not been a fun season to have uh players from bournemouth you know so um is, in some ways they're they're like a classic bad team now where bad teams are often like only good for their in terms of fantasy they're only good for their goalkeeper you know so i guess that's 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 where we are uh with them yep However, if we move on to the 19th place team, Brandon, Mm -hmm. there is a, a genuine, I'd say there's two, three, maybe four interesting players on this team. (laughs) Um, the top performer is Jack Grealish. Uh, you and I, again, uh, you know, I test is a terrible way to, like, like an in-person eye test at least, is a terrible way to judge uh, whether you should have somebody in fantasy. But Jack Grealish was on the ball a lot, very dangerous. I was very worried. Um, I had a, I had a uh, Lester defender in this match. I was very worried every time that he touched the ball because, uh-huh. um, you know, just such a dangerous player. I think what was more exciting um,
0: about when Grealish yeah. touched the ball watching him live is we could actually hear at full volume the Leicester fans behind us screaming at their players to just punch him in the face.
1: <laughs> break his legs break yeah his that's legs, true break put him in legs. a body bag <laughs> not a lot of love you're having a lot of fun getting on grealish that <laughs> sure. was hilarious uh seven goals seven assists 6.4 million starts off the return with a double game week both those matches at home brandon i gotta tell you grealish glued into my team mm. for the restart there was yeah. a hundred percent chance i will have jack grealish on my team um you know, long term, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not sure I'll have him for the full run in. But um, at the start, um, a double game week with both both matches at home. Um, I know it's empty stadiums. And I'm not sure how much difference this makes, but at least it's like you get to stay in your own house. You know, you know, <laughs> you know that you know the pitch, you know, it's a better locker room. Like there's a there's a at least a somewhat like, a, you know, you know what the stadium looks like. There's a comfort yeah, level. You have got there. the Wi-Fi password. Um, you got the Wi-Fi password. Uh, And then, you know, after that, they've got Newcastle in another home match with Wolves after that. So, um, yeah, I I just think he's a very talented player. And um, just he's, he's you know, Aston Villa have been able to score a goal. They've kind of done what Bournemouth used to do, which is that they just, you know, they weren't always winning a lot of matches, but they're able to score Mm -hmm. in in matches, you know. So, uh, um, So Super John McGinn is back. Um, this is probably actually gonna something that'll help Grealish too, just because it's another dangerous player on the pitch. Um, kind of helps everybody. Um, five point four million, three goals to assist, somebody to even possibly consider for fantasy. Again, maybe not right at the start, because you just don't know. I mean, is he really gonna get out there and play 85 minutes, you know, after having not played for, you know, seven months or whatever it is? Um so he's one attempt. You had him early on in the season, he was great for you. Yeah. So I think that, you know uh a lot of respect for begin think he's a little dangerous to have at the start uh tom heaton is ruled out for the season so uh we'll be left with um um i forgot his name for a second we we'll left with, Pe- with pepe reina who i was not like like all that enthused about uh about you know joining he had like he said like a couple of good moments um he had a big i think he saved a penalty in uh was it the um, Spurs match in game week 26? Yeah, it was. And, uh, uh, but then he made a terrible mistake in the luster match that we watched um, that allowed uh, Barnes to score. And he's, 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 you know, kind of a little old, you know, keepers obviously play forever, but um, certainly not in the prime of his career any longer right now. So, um, he's now being you know, a, just, accused think, of being a fascist
0: yeah. as well, which is, um, he's, he's got a bit oh, of a, right. bit of a problem in the media too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So maybe just now given, yeah, everything that's happening in the world, maybe just stay away from the fascist, uh, keeper. <laughs> their, their defense isn't very good anyway. Uh, target Mings are decent, um, interesting options, reasonable, I think for, um, for the double game week. Um, I think that you, um, I don't know what you'd expect but i think it's possible you you could get one clean sheet i don't think you get two but you know it's going to be weird at the start and so like it could be that they just keep a clean sheet in that chelsea match like yeah. who knows you yeah. know it's going to be a strange you know a strange restart and they're they're so cheap that um it might be worth the risk i mean Matt, you know uh, you know ming's in particular 4.4 4 million center back mm-hmm. uh, he's certainly going to start both those matches so i um, think the break is, i think the
0: break is huge for villa because They were so deflated after that League Cup final where, you know, they went the distance with Man City and lost it at the very at the very end. And then to just come back down to the real world of the Premier League where they were really in trouble in their table position. Just for them to be able to refocus emotionally and physically. I mean, it's hard to do when you're basically in the midst of a pandemic, but I do think that they'll be better off uh for the break. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm very interested to see what kind of Aston Villa team shows up now with the restart. Yeah.
1: I feel like you secretly are kind of like a Villa fan. Like you've got like a little mm-hmm. like uh, Oh, totally. they're Kind of your team. Yeah, you've got like a little your vibe it on them a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when Fulham went down um like 6 years ago or so, I tried to adopt Villa, but then they immediately became terrible <sighs> as, as the exact Amber moment days. they yeah. they collapsed. Yeah. So it was it was hard. But yeah, there there is a lot to like there. A lot to like. Anything, mm-hmm. any, okay, anything else team. you
1: want to talk about with Villa? Nope, let's end on a high note.
0: Oh yeah, the best for last. <laughs> Norwich City, the Canaries. Now, I was actually, I was just like, Norwich are down. Absolutely down, 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 down. Then I look back at the table and they're, just six points um, out of out, away from safety. They need six points yeah. to get into that cluster of point of teams on twenty seven points. So you are like, right? It it seems it's not like it Could be doable. Yeah. It's not impossible. Teams have have certainly right. um, uh, figured this one out, but it's just kind of a, a rough set of fixtures for them. And finishing with Manchester City in the last game week of the season is just like, all right, so if it comes down to that, it's 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 really <laughs> yeah. diabolical for them. It's,
1: it's more like an eight-game season for them at that
0: point. On top of that, they're still in the FA Cup, so they've got to pull together a squad for that FA Cup match against Manchester United um, after better. going back-to-back yeah, back with Southampton and Everton. So they're going to have to – I think you're going to know everything you need to know about this team based on – how they perform against Southampton. If they're able to register anything against Southampton, then maybe we have to reckon with them. Other than that, they're just down. I mean, I kind of floated the idea of, of Pookie being a differential in that, Hey, we all forgot about this guy, but he is actually a phenomenal goal scorer. It's like what we were saying with, Villa, where the break can do wonders for a team that just needs a hard reset. And maybe Puki just to get that magic back, needed that kind of
1: reset. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking the same thing. Like, $6.5 million, two consecutive home matches to start things off. Uh, way to Arsenal, that wouldn't be too dangerous a match either. And then another home. I mean, their home matches are all pretty good, actually. I mean, you know, I mean, Southampton, Everton, Brighton, West Ham, Burnley. Those are all reasonable you know good yeah. home matches so yeah, yeah um again yeah pookie the problem really is that you know is the team around although he lost his form a lot too he he wasn't really the the, the same and i you know I had a big var moment which seems like that kind of hurt his confidence a little bit too and so yeah um it's uh that more that spurs game um i do yeah i think uh yeah, I think I think you're right on on Norwich. I mean, it's it's pookie or nothing. And yeah. well, I mean, I guess Cantwell. I mean, like, yeah, like you mentioned, Cantwell too. I mean, you know, he's that. That's over though, right? Like, are we still? I don't know. Still thinking he's something. I, I don't know. I
0: think that there is potential there. So here is the deal with Cantwell. It's sort of like you're either all in or you're all out. A lot of yeah. us bought Cantwell at four point five, and I think it's going to be very difficult to find a better fifth midfielder. Then Todd Cantwell, yeah. assuming you got in at 4.5. If you're looking to get right. in fresh on Cantwell at 4.7, then maybe you'd say, why don't you look to stretch to somebody yeah. in the five six million range for a proper fourth midfielder and then go cheaper for a fifth so Cantwell's just kind of on that bubble i don't think it's totally over for him
1: though. yeah i mean when you put it that way yeah i agree i mean uh maybe in next week's pod we'll try to find some like sub five million players to to consider mm-hmm. you know just players who may have overlooked the you know given that we're in a full reset mode right now but um yeah i, I think offhand he does seem like he's kind of i mean you know i think he's got like double digit returns and uh uh is it one two four different times this season he's got double digit returns I mean, that's incredible for a, a 4.5 million player but i think it's the last one two three four five you know the last eight matches going into the break um or <laughs> the, the pandemic uh he uh had no attacking returns and was starting to get rotated a lot more heavily so um i don't know just uh you know it's i guess that's like maybe lingering with me a little bit but i i yeah. agree i mean i think um you know, as a player who's only going to start for you every now and then, I think he's, he's fine. Yeah.
0: And we have uncovered an insane number of 4.3 million defenders. Another one here, Norwich, yeah. Max Ahrens, this guy's cheap and he's nailed. Um, I mean, he's probably not going to produce a lot of points for you, but again, it's going back to that bench boost dis- discussion and just padding your bench with likely starters. This, this is a big takeaway from yeah. fantasy Bundesliga, right? Like, how difficult yeah. it is proven to find bench players who actually play. So, um, yes, totally Max yeah. Aaron's is there for you.
1: All right. That's 20 teams, Brent. I think we got it done in just about four. Nope. Nope. It's been an hour and 45 minutes, a full, <laughs> uh, we, we covered it all though. It was, it was actually really, um, speaking personally, very useful to yeah. uh, go through all of these, all of these teams. I, I feel like I, I'm just massive gaps in my knowledge. uh, like Max Arrons, I kind of you know, <laughs> <laughs> just asked me if you just said that name to me, I would have been like, I don't know, he's on TV. Uh-huh. Uh, like he, like he, he hosts like, a game um, show. Yeah, I host like a Canadian talk. I have no idea of Max, <laughs> but yeah, now that I see, it, it's like right here we go. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I cannot believe that uh, North kept five clean sheets on the season. I would have guessed that was even. Yeah, I would have guessed like three or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is that's the lot. Um, Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you if you made it all the way through to the end of the podcast. If you would like to support the podcast and get access to all that stuff that we talked about at the start of the pod, uh, including bonus podcasts, um, go to patreon.com slash always cheating, uh, and you can find out more. Uh, Brandon, do you want to thank our Patreon producers, please? Of course, big thanks to our producers Trevor Ingerson,
0: Mike DePetro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T, De Big Gaffer, Bobbas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Keen Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya, Christine Lelang, Steen Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter Bodicel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Andy Martin, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, James Conroy, and Brandon B. Remember, if you haven't already subscribed to Always Cheating, you run the risk of missing important episodes. So do subscribe anywhere you get fine podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher ACast. Leave us a rating, a review if you if you like. Also find us on social media: Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Instagram at Hail Cheaters, Facebook.com slash always cheating, send us an email. At hailcheaters at gmail.com and our website where all this information exists, including our shop with cool new mugs and t shirts and sweatshirts. That's at alwayscheating.com.
1: You nailed it all, Brandon. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. We'll, we'll be back uh, midweek with a Patreon pod and then next week with a regular pod, which will be the last pod before the season starts. Oh my God. Crazy. I'm
0: getting these butterflies <laughs> now suddenly. My God. I know. Back to school. Seriously.
1: Yeah. All right, Brandon, I'll talk to you soon. Poku forever.
2: Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website